The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. We're going to go to a story that uh, is going to impact all of us as we look into the week ahead. Of course, we know that uh, our budget speech will take place. And there's so much that we're thinking about, that we're hoping for, that we're worrying about, that we're anxious about. We thought we'd try and get a little bit more information on it. On the line with us is Yolandi Esterhuizen. She's a registered tax practitioner and director of uh, product compliance at Sage Africa and the Middle East. Yolandi, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Yolandi, let's look forward into the future week. Obviously, our Minister of Finance is going to be raising many things. Many, many jobs have been lost. Much work has been lost. I uh, read some horrific stats where that if we look at it realistically, close on one out of two people don't, in fact, have work um, in this country. What are you hoping that he will address when he speaks? Michelle, as you've mentioned now, a lot of people have lost their jobs. And um, due to the fact that a lot of companies were not able to pay their employees last year and still not, um, we know that personal income taxes is under tremendous pressure. So to, to raise personal income taxes wouldn't necessarily fix our problem. And we need to focus on our unemployment levels. Sin taxes, for example, something that we might look at or the minister might look at to raise but if we think of the ban, if we raise, let's say, taxes on alcohol, but there's another ban again, we counterproductive. Few levies are something that they might look at too. Um, things like capital gains tax. Obviously, all those are options. But I think in the long run, we should rather focus, like I've mentioned now, on unemployment. Because yeah. if we focus on unemployment and um, more people have jobs, it would mean that the tax base would increase and therefore we would increase our revenue collection. Something that we can also look at is to reduce the wage bill. So I'm very curious to see what the minister will say about the wage bill as you mentioned that as a priority last year. And then we obviously have to reprioritize spending. So there are lots of areas that we can look at and I know it's going to be difficult decisions because employers, businesses, individuals just don't have more to give. So it'd be interesting to see which taxes are actually increased. We have heard uh, issues like sin taxes and fuel levies. What about a wealth tax? And uh, if they did put on a wealth tax, they understandably could raise a a, a massive amount for the tax, um, uh, the, the, the fiscus. But how would that work? And you know, if does that impact? Who does that impact? So basically, it would impact the wealthy um, as an additional who tax. Are the, who are the wealthy? Well, who is considered to be the wealthy in this country? The topper bracket. So it would have to be defined. It would still have to be defined. So the upper top, so how it will be implemented, that needs to be defined. Who exactly it will implement? Obviously, that would ch- be a change in in the legal framework, etc. So we'll have to see what they consider then um, to be all the people who would actually be impacted. Okay. But what we have to take into consideration is the fact that, and it's been under discussion for quite a long time, but it would be costly to implement. So it, would, it wouldn't be an overnight solution. It would be costly. Um, it would pose quite a lot of administrative challenges. Remember that these wealthy taxpayers could have their wealth spread over multiple tax jurisdictions. And um, 
And what I'm always worried about is how many wealthy individuals will leave the country because of this if it is actually implemented. So that is obviously a great concern. There are all pros and cons, but whether it will be viable remains a, a good question. Yolandi, what other countries do implement a tax wealth and sin taxes and the like? Oh, they're all, they're all different countries. They're all multiple countries. Oh, the names now. I'll have to get back to you. Um, I get confused between the VAT and the, and I've read so many, um, articles about different rates on VAT, different rates on CGT, et cetera. So I'll have to, um, I would like to now if I mention all the countries' names. Yeah. But they are multiple countries and again, um, pros and cons with all of them. Okay, so you you talk about the fact that ultimately this is about that the ideal would be job creation, but job creation doesn't simply come out of the creation of jobs. Job creation comes out of creating an environment which can create work and which has policies which are friendly to creating work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, How are you seeing that play out? So the government has committed 100 billion rand to create jobs um, through public and social employment under the, the recent um, economic reconstruction recovery plan. And based on a report that I've seen in December, we've actually made some good progress. If I remember correctly, in the State of the Nation, the president mentioned 430 job um, opportunities already. And I remember the initial target was 800,000. If we can retain those jobs, obviously not about just creating the jobs, it's about retaining the jobs. And I think something that links to that is our ability to support employers. So once the jobs are created, how are we supporting employers to keep those individuals employed? Something that was, um, which was very welcomed is the extension of the TIRS scheme, the Temporary Employer Employee Relief Scheme. So that was now postponed to the 15th of March, which will obviously assist employers. But we need to look at those type of relief schemes. What happens after that? Um, What happens to, and and TERS, for example, is now extended for employers who were unable to um, um, operate. But what about those employers who are able to operate or partially able to operate, but they are still trying to recover from the previous period. So they are able to operate, but they're struggling to keep their heads above water. What about them? And we need to look at options, how we can support those employers. So how we actually keep so we may, employed. we in, in a blue sky world, we'd like to hear the minister talk about that particular space as well. You know, Absolutely. one of the other talking of spaces, and this is a physical space, is obviously we, uh, many people are having to work from home. Now, this is hugely challenging because when we talk about um, a tax deduction from home, and I know that this is, I mean, I know this because I've had to address this myself, is you have to be able to prove that you have a physical space, which is where you work from. So whether it is, um, you can't say, well, I'm working from the dining room table, therefore um, it, I get a tax deduction mm-hmm. for working from home. I have to be able to say there's a study with a desk and it is two meters or half a meter or a quarter of a meter. I have to be able to prove that. Now, surely this should be, uh, what's the word, um, relaxed, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. given the challenges that so many people who are having to work from home are having to deal with. Absolutely. And, you know, there are so many stringent rules, but we have to take into consideration that it was never intended or 
um, not much focus was placed on it because not many people were working from home. Yeah. So we need to see a change in those stringent uh, rules and, and, and interpretations from SARS. So you need to be able to have an area of your house which is exclusively, so the legislation refers to exclusively and primarily used um, for the purposes of trade. So as you rightly said, you cannot just work from your dining room table. It wouldn't suffice. Um, you cannot use your study area as a playroom for your kids because then it's not exclusively used for the purposes of trade. And we know that not everyone is privileged to have a separate area. Yeah, we know that not exactly. everyone has a study. So I'm definitely looking forward to just a mention in the budget speech that these rules would be looked at, um, hopefully in the near future, um, so that we have a bit relaxed rules and that everybody will be able to benefit from working from home. Yolandi Estrosen, thank you so much for joining us. I have to say, out of all of the things we've discussed, I think that that would be a very powerful notion if the minister came forward and said, yes, you get a tax deduction from working from home. And no, it does not have to be a proven space, given how challenging that is for so many people in this country that uh, not everyone has access to having a spare study or whatever the case may be. I mean, I know people, we are working, some of us are working from our bedrooms, some of us are working from the kitchen and so on and so forth. It's 8.30.